0: Hello and welcome to the On the Market podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kathy Fetke, and I am joined today by Henry Washington and James Daynard.
1: I am excited for this episode to be coming out on Christmas because who doesn't love the holidays? At Heat and Dana Real Estate, we are throwing a raging holiday party in 10 days. So I hope everyone is also doing the same. Get out there, enjoy your people. And also we want to wish a happy holidays to all of our listeners. We really thank you guys for tuning in and supporting the On the Market podcast and we promise to make 2024 even better.
2: Man, I might have to be a party (laughs) crasher. For research purposes only, because I am also trying to plan a holiday party, and who else better to learn from about throwing a raging party than james standard so uh you know if you see me kind of hanging out in the back by the punch bowl trying to look incognito don't call me out james
1: what you want to do is get your name on top salesperson because they win a rolex at our company
2: every year oh. My gosh. <laughs> of
0: course they do
2: <laughs> well today we have a very special show we have an article from u.s news and world report now they released a report about the 150 best places to live in the United States for 2023 and 2024. And so we thought we would take a look at the top four and determine if we think these are good markets to actually invest in. But before we get into all that, I did want to take a moment and just be a little sentimental here. I just want to say thank you to our audience like on the market has just developed this really great audience of people and investors. And the support that we get, you know, when I'm out and about, and I see people about this show is super great. And we wouldn't have such a great show if it wasn't for you guys. And so thank you so much to our listeners for continuing to support us continuing to listen to the show. We couldn't do the show without you. And you're the reason why we do this podcast twice a week.
0: Oh my gosh, I agree so much. Everywhere I go, I get stopped with people saying, not everywhere I go, but when it's a real estate event, like I just went to yesterday in, in Scottsdale, uh, people come up and say how much they love the show. And we just really appreciate that. And I want to take, take a moment before we start to read a review that I thought was really fun. Um, this one is called Not Boring. <laughs> it's a five, <laughs> five star review. So thank you so much. It says the only. Uh, it does say, the only fun, not boring, engaging real estate podcast. These guys, it should say also, gals, are not squares. <laughs> so good to know. <laughs> it's actually entertaining and so educational.
2: <laughs> they are they are correct. I am not a square. I'm more round. I'm more like an oval, I would say, uh, is, <laughs> is a, a better term to describe me. But no, that's a super cool review. Uh, I'd also like to share one. So this review is called... On the market is where it's at. <laughs> it says, a great, another 5 star review. It says, I love the combination of real estate and economic data in conjunction with the focus on different geographical areas of the country. Clever name for the podcast as well. And so I'm sure Dave would appreciate that because it has to do with data. And that guy is the data deli. So, perfect.
1: <laughs> and we don't make data boring, which is a talent in itself.
2: That is a challenge.
1: It can't be, unless you're a real estate nerd like me, and then you just love the data. Thank you guys so much for those reviews. They're great. They actually just made my whole day. I'm going to just go on and read our reviews every morning now to get me going on the day. So up next, we're going to review the best places to live and whether we think they're actually investable or are they just a really good place to live? Kind of like what people tell me all the time in SoCal. But before that, we're going to take a quick break.
3: Buy low, sell high. Very easy to say, but not always so easy to do. slash pockets. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
4: Visit BiggerPockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's BiggerPockets.com slash Vacasa.
0: Welcome back. As we said, we're going to be reviewing the best places to live according to the U.S. News and World Report and discussing if we believe that it's a good market to invest in because a great place to live may not necessarily be the best place to invest. So coming in at number four, we have Boulder, Colorado. James, can you tell us a little bit about this market?
1: Well, first and foremost, I could live in Boulder, Colorado Because it gets 300 days of sunshine a year, and I am a son. It does? Yeah, Kathy. So it gets the sunshine that we get in SoCal, and we could be paying way less taxes and have a little bit more affordable place to live. Um, And so Boulder All Around is just ranked all over the board as one of the top metro places to live. You get sunshine, you get quality of life, you get outdoor spaces, you get fresh air. And overall, people just really, really want to live there, but... For me, it's still a very expensive market and quality of living versus whether I'm going to invest there is going to be, you know, so I'm always going to pick the market that can make the highest return. And sometimes picking the place that you can live in doesn't mean that that's where you should invest. I actually personally split my time in SoCal and don't really invest much there because it's expensive and I invest all in Seattle and I moved out of there for a reason so it you know it, it it they don't sometimes go hand in hand but the key metrics of Boulder it does have some very good metrics that are going to Make it attractive for the certain type of investor. So I think it really comes down to what are you trying to accomplish. But the metro population is 328,000, so very large. It's ranked one of the, it's inside the one of the 150 most populated metro cities nationwide. Median age is 37 years old. A lot of you know uh, Gen Z, Gen, uh, millennials have out moved out there because they want that quality of living, and we've seen that over the past. Three years with the pandemic, a lot of younger population, uh, a lot of the tech population or work from home population has moved into these kind of areas. The thing I don't like about this city, though, is the annual salary is seventy three thousand, whereas the median home price is eight hundred and eighty one thousand, and that's where my my big concern about investing in this market is because if you compare it to another expensive market like Seattle. Seattle's median home price is almost the same. It's about 881 for that metro city. It's in the it's in the 800s. But the median income in that city is 106,000. And so it's a lot more affordable even though Seattle's a lot it's ranked as one of the most unaffordable cities compared to a place like Boulder. It has a lot more growth and it can cover a lot more. And so that is my big concern with Boulder, Colorado. It's a great place to live. You have uh, lots of different growth. You have a huge college campus there, which is really good for the investors ch- uh, targeting student housing. And I really think that that is the biggest platform and angle to play in Boulder, Colorado. Because other than that, you really can't make things pencil. When I did a little bit of market research in there, I was looking at the average cost of t- four units in the area. Um, the average cost I was seeing was $1.5 to one uh, to $2 million dollars and the rent income that was gonna be projected was gonna be nine to 10,000, so that's just not gonna cover really well. So great place to live, but not a great place to grow your bank account. Uh, you know, Kathy, I know you work a lot in SoCal and expensive markets. Would this be an expensive market? I mean, I know you're all about quality living, quality place.
0: Uh, Boulder is not a cheap place to live. And I, it's funny, Denver isn't really anymore either. My daughter's moving there and uh, she's getting a one bedroom in downtown that's over 2000 a month. I mean, it, that's kind of L.A. prices. So, no, it's, it's not affordable, but it's super cool. Um, I would live in, in Boulder too. I didn't know it was a sunny place. Uh, that would, you know, I just, I'm a California girl. I need my sunshine. So that's, that's amazing. Uh, I, I assume you could really make the numbers work if you bought the property 20 years ago.
2: <laughs> You'd be in
0: great shape. You <laughs> have some good cash flow in Boulder. Um, Or if you're really creative, if you're renting by the room or having two or three students per room, I mean, there's there's ways to make college towns work. I I know people that own properties in in San Diego near colleges and, and, you know, kids will they'll squish in and, you know, make a dining room, a bedroom or whatever. So if you can rent by the room or be creative or maybe short term rental, you could possibly make it work. And and hope that maybe you also get appreciation, but I I, I probably would not invest there.
2: Yeah, Kathy, I am uh, in agreement with you for the most part. I think this market, with just looking at the two metrics James called out, if the median home price is eight hundred eighty one thousand, but the average annual salary is only seventy three thousand, you're going to have a lot of people that can't afford uh, housing. It's just it's it's hard to make those numbers work. But uh, as an investor. Knowing that the median home price is 881 and that salary is that low, people aren't going to be able to pay the rent that you need them to pay in order for the properties you're buying to cash flow. And so if you were going to invest in a market like Boulder, you would want to have a superpower of really understanding that market in extreme detail and where what pockets of the city deals make sense in or. You have to really specialize in student housing so that you know how to go and buy something that you can maybe turn into a deal. You probably have to go buy something that's a single and then break that down into a, a, you know, a a boarding house of some kind that you can rent by the room. And then like being creative, there's probably ways that you can make a deal work, but it's going to take some uh, it's going to take some extreme understanding of the market and you're going to have to have a lot of boots on the ground. Like it's, it's not just something where you're going to say, Hey, I'm going to pick Boulder. I'm going to go buy a couple of deals. I'm going to make some money. It's, it's the, the, the numbers aren't telling me that. So you're going to need a little more help in in that scenario. It's not, it's not one I'd pick to say, yes, you can invest here and, uh, and it's a great place to live and you're just going to make a bunch of money.
1: Yeah. The cash flow is not great. But it depends on the investor and what your goals are at the time. And for those who want to subsidize cost and they gotta pay for room and housing for their for their their, their child and maybe they're going out there, it's it is not a bad place to look at because quality of living we've seen has made it a stable market for steady growth. And so you can get steady growth out of it. And the one thing to point out is their the room and board cost has gone up quite a bit. It's like 5% a year right now. And the average cost is seventeen to $20,000 room and board for a student in that market. And so if you do have a child going there, it's a good way to reduce your cost. So it depends on what kind of investment strategy you're going with. There's nothing wrong with, you know, if you're... T- you know your child's there for eight years or four years. I mean, who knows? They could do the Van Wilder and go for eight years,
2: or the Henry, <laughs> or the Henry, right?
1: That's eighty to one hundred sixty thousand dollars that could be rolled into your investment. So it really depends on what the strategy is. But I can't make it pencil unless it's a rooming house. And one thing that is happening though is primetime time. Deion Sanders has made an impact in this campus, and now out of state applications for college colleges has gone up forty percent. So those uh, parents. That there's uh, their their child's want to go hang out with Dion because who doesn't want to hang out with Dion Sanders? I would hang out with Dion. So three hundred days of sunshine, Dion Sanders. Who knows? Maybe you want to still invest in Boulder even though your returns not great. Kathy, what market did you bring in for number three?
0: Mine's actually three. It's the triangle in North Carolina at the um, Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill area. Uh, again, this is a very young market, 37 years old makes me feel so old. Uh, what I like about the Triangle area is it's over 2 million people. So that's a whole big pool of renters there. These are generally highly educated people. There's a big tech industry research. Um, things I love about North Carolina from an investor perspective is low property taxes. That's always a good thing. And again, it was uh, named, this whole triangle area was named third in the top best places to live. I know some friends from California who moved there absolutely love it for the affordable lifestyle compared to California and still near pretty close driving distance to beaches, uh, nice weather. But it's gotten a little bit more expensive there. I have been wanting to invest in this area for years, but it just didn't quite cash flow the way I wanted. Prices have been higher than, say, Charlotte nearby. So we we focused more on Charlotte, although I wanted to invest here. I just, again, couldn't make the numbers work. I think if you were living there, like U.S. News and World Report is saying, it would be pretty affordable compared to other similar tech markets. But for investing, you know, I I think you can do better in terms of cash flow because, the price point's high. The median home price is $434,000. Monthly rent, median rent is $1,100, about $1,200 a month. So those numbers don't work for me. You're really hoping for appreciation in that kind of scenario, which is not something I like to, you know, depend on or rely on, although it certainly has been reliable. There's been a lot of appreciation in the area. So again, great place to live. Might be a good place to uh, to be a, an investor, maybe if you're flipping. You know, again, it always depends on your strategy, maybe wholesaling. But for what I do, buy and hold, I just, I think I can do better elsewhere.
1: I love the Carolinas. I spent a lot of time out there this last, as I was doing some market research on possibly moving out that way. Uh, it It is an amazing place to live. The people are nice. The The climate's great. Uh, it's got a lot of greenery. Good place to live. Um, overall metrics wise, I actually would invest in this area if you can find the right kind of product and the, uh, you know, value adds going to work. And the reason I believe that is because there's still growth because it's a great place to live. It's getting a lot of, uh, migration, a lot of people moving into that area and the overall cost of living, it's a great place to live. And the cost of living is 4% lower than the national average. And so anytime that someone can live somewhere really special, that has a high quality living and it's more affordable than the average. It has some extra runway in growth, and so this would be a market that I do see could, could so continue to get some appreciation in it. And you know, I think that all matters. You know, with the median home price at four hundred and change, and the median salary at sixty two thousand, that's a good metrics. People can afford to live there. That means people will still come into the market, and, and there could be some really good growth. So I would personally, I would live in the Carolinas, and I would
2: actually invest there. Yeah, I am bullish on this one. I really like this market. Uh, There's four big reasons why I like this market. And those four reasons are Duke, North Carolina, North Carolina State, and Wake Forest. All four of those campuses are very close to each other within this area. That's going to bring a lot of people to the area, a lot of jobs to the area, a lot of students, a lot of renters. Um, And so what I like, not just because of the universities, but they also have uh, a growing uh, tech industry in this area and as well. You have um, a hospital system, so you 've got lots of uh, medical jobs in this area, and so the economy I think is solid. Market numbers are also pretty solid to me. so when you look at the average annual salary of sixty one thousand but you have the median home price of four hundred and thirty four just on face value that doesn 't sound great, but what that tells me is the median home price is pretty solid. So if you're going to go buy something on the market, yeah, those numbers aren't going to work. But if I can if I can dive into this market and get good at deal hunting and going direct to seller or, or implementing some other type of method that's going to help me find those deeper discounted deals, I bet you can make those numbers work and you are going to have a rent base and you could implement some college-type strategies like renting by the room, carriage-type housing. Um, and I think you can both get... Uh, equity, appreciation, and cash flow. It's going to take a little more work. Like You're not just going to be able to go buy something you see on the market and make it work right away. But with a little bit of effort in a market like this with strong numbers and a strong economy, I think it'd be a great place to invest.
0: Maybe we should go uh, deal hunting. (laughs) Go on, a little trip to the triangle.
2: That's my love language, Kathy. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get to our other two markets, we are going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors.
4: I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A. Biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa.
0: Welcome back to On the Market. So we talked about the two markets that are in third and fourth place, that being Boulder, Colorado in fourth place and Raleigh-Durham in third place place on us news and world reports best places to live list we've been talking about yeah we know they're great places to live are they great places to invest we would love to hear your comments on that in the notes so let us know do you invest in these markets and if so what what's your strategy what are you doing that works and hey do you want to go on a deal hunting mission with us (laughs) so we'd love to learn more all right, so now we're gonna go to the top two places to live, again, according to US News and World Report. Henry, what's number two?
2: Well, before we get to number two, if anybody is in the Boulder, Colorado market and you have a, uh, a, a house sightseeing tour and we can go see Coach Prime's house, I'm in for that. So, you know, send me a DM, I'd, I'd love to go see Coach Prime's house. <laughs> but the number two market on the list is Huntsville, Alabama. So, Huntsville, Alabama. What I like about this market, it's got a great metro population. The median age in Huntsville, Alabama, what do you guys think it is? Let's take a guess. James, what do you think the median age of people in Huntsville, Alabama are? Don't cheat.
1: You know what? I would think it's an older population, personally. Uh, I would think it's going to be about 45, 50 years old. Yep. Kathy, what do you
2: think?
0: Well, I cheated, so I know. (laughs) Okay, you're a
2: big cheater. This caught me Uh... off guard. The median age in Huntsville, Alabama is only 39 years old, right? So... That's uh, pretty solid. These people and the average annual salary is 61000 and the median home price is 349000 So I think those are some pretty great numbers in terms of places to invest. But what a lot of people don't know about Huntsville, Alabama is the strong economy. So if you're looking at Huntsville, Alabama, they call it the rocket city because it's got history in rocket development. That means there's aerospace and defense work and aerospace and defense contracts, contract work in this area. So it's a big technology hub. There's lots of manufacturing. Toyota has a plant out there in um, in uh, Huntsville, Alabama. And so you've got a lot of economic growth. You have a reasonably young core of people who are living and working in this area. You've also got other development projects, especially in the sports world. So you've got Toyota Field is under renovation. Joe Davis Stadium is going to have some work done. So it's going to be lots of things contributing to people wanting to either move here and relocate for work and and live here where you have a fairly low cost of living and you are able to, and the people who live there are able to afford homes. And so all that to me says, Positivity. What do you guys think about Huntsville, Alabama?
0: Oh my gosh. I've been a fan of Huntsville for probably 20 years now. Um, you may or may not know it at my company, Real Wealth. That's what I do. I would go and search the country for good places to invest. And I, I found out about Huntsville and learned that you can, you can rent to a rocket Scientist, And I mean, you know, you, you literally, and they're full of them. They're everywhere. Um, and that's a pretty good tenant. And, and yet, you know, that when we started investing there, it was, oh my gosh, $150,000 for, for homes that again, you could, you could rent to somebody that brilliant. And, uh, and I, and obviously prices have gone up dramatically. I think they'll continue to do so. It's one of those places where there, when there's, that, that's not an industry going away, right? We need to consistently be developing the military and, you know, the space programs and so forth. So that's, that's a almost guaranteed tenant, employee base. So I, I think it's a great place to invest and apparently also a great place to
1: live. Huntsville is on our dream pilot. It's like, so me and my wife sit around and we talk about, okay, if we wanted to do a full redo... And transition to a simpler lifestyle where we're not running a million miles an hour. Huntsville is on the top of the list because it's like a fairy tale city. It really is. It, and the quality of living there is so good. And, and this is why I like this market. Uh, Huntsville was named the second best place to live in the United States by the News and World Report 2023 to 2024. Quality of living's good. And the overall metrics behind it... I mean those are not bad numbers average annual salary at 61,000 but that brings in there's there's a wide range on that too because you know the demographics vary quite a bit in Huntsville but you have a lot of quality people like in this in the space industry they they're making good money with an average median home price of 350 I feel like that is really good metrics for growth and with the median uh monthly rents at 912 there's a lot of growth inside those numbers. Uh, you know, as salaries increase, the rent should be going up as well. The median home price is affordable that you can trade around in. You know, with the median home price at around 350000 you know, for a value-add investor, I think that's a good target. Like what Henry said is you can get a deal in any market. And so at three fifty at the median home price, and we're buying these at 270, dollars you know, where you're getting that instant value-add, it's going to actually break even with some growth on there. And that growth is where you can trade that equity out. And So I like this market. It's a great place to live. Me and my wife have it on our list if we ever just want to do full restart. Uh, it's got growth. And people want to live there. And actually, I was shocked on that, that population number, 39 That means there's a lot of young working force working remote that are going to have careers that are growing. This is going to become a more expensive
2: market. I couldn't agree with you guys more. Huntsville's got great market dynamics. You can definitely find yourself a deal. If you live there, you got an advantage, man. I'd definitely be taking a look. You don't want to miss out on an opportunity there. But now we get to move to the number one market on the list. So James, tell us what the number one market is, you big cheesehead. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You know, I brought this market up about six months ago. It's Green Bay, Wisconsin, and it has a very high quality of living, and it's really because it's affordable. Um, Now, personally, I do not like cheese, and I do not like really cold weather. So Green Bay, and it doesn't have an ocean around it, and so it's not the place for me, but I would definitely – invest there what I like about investing there it has a very low cost of living the median home price is 278,000 with the average salary at 51,000 and the median home uh the median rent is 851 dollars and so it's a very very affordable market and this is a great cash flow market now would I live there absolutely not I will visit there to watch the Seahawks beat the Packers sometime in the future. But, you know, it's just, it, it's a little too cold for me. It's not really my kind of vibe. But then again, I like to invest where I don't need to live there to invest. That's not what I'm going for. I'm always going for math. What appreciation play can I get? Which I don't know if Green Bay is really going to give me those high equity gains, but for stable rent growth where you can buy a property below market again, value add investing. If the median home price is 2.7 you're buying them for 200 and you can rent these properties out, you're gonna cash flow. It's very, very affordable. And I do feel like as the as the economy's been shifting and we've seen these these markets that are affordable are still growing. That's what we've seen in the trend, even with high interest rates. So I think it's a great place to invest. You can get some really good cash flow out of it, but if you want to go check on your properties, bring your warm coats. <laughs> <laughs> I just like being warm, so it is not for me to live in.
2: Uh, don't birds fly south for the winter? Like, are you sure y'all Seahawks would make it all right if you had a, if you had an away game in Green Bay? Y'all gonna be okay over there?
1: I think the last one it was six degrees. Oof. It was when it was when they, they their field goal kicker uh, missed a ten yard field goal, and we went to the next round of the playoffs. Yes, because
2: he was kicking a brick. That thing is cold.
1: <laughs> oh, I will point out. I opted to not go to Green Bay for that game, but I went to North Carolina for that game because it's a way better place to hang out, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I think the, the, the dynamics in terms of cash flow are there. Um, I am not a big fan of cold weather either, and so I probably would not invest in this market just because of that alone. But don't let my uh, uh, hatred for cold weather stop you guys from going out there and making money. I think uh, great dynamics. Uh, population's good. Uh, the only other concern I would have is, is, is the economy going to be there long term to support um, continued growth uh, long term. And if that's if that's there, I think you've got great market dynamics in a place like Green Bay. And you've got, uh, you know, I, I, I was really surprised to see, again, the median age is only 38, 38 years old, I would have thought it was an older market there as well. Um, but goes to show what I know about uh, cold weather places.
0: Well, I can say this is a place I want to visit because I do love cheese. I, I've been dying, dying to go to Wisconsin for the cheese. James, I think you would like it in the summer. I, I, just, from everything I've read, it sounds like a really fun college town and, and then at the sporting events, just go in the summer. They have water there. Uh, that's not, it's probably freezing. You won't swim in it, but you're not going to swim in California water either, I'm guessing. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I would I would invest there too. Um, maybe a short term rental because of all the visitors that come for, you know, again, parents to come visit their kids in school or for the sporting events. Uh, short term rental could work possibly, but boy, I'd, I'd need to understand the market a little bit better in the rental market. But it, it it's. Sounds like low rent for buy and hold. I don't know if this is correct, but median monthly rent at 851. Even though the home price is lower, so is the rent. So it may or may not make sense from a buy and hold perspective.
1: Well, and the cost of cheese is going up too.
2: <laughs>
1: so we shouldn't invest in
2: housing. We should invest in cheese.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is going up. So there, there's this economic stronghold, but I, I don't know. I just can't go to a football game and wear a cheese head on my head. I just can't. I'd have to become a Packer fan. I just I just can't do it. I, I don't look good in yellow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't look good in yellow. Cool ah, for the day. All right. That town's not going to work for you, James. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us here on the market. I hope you're having a wonderful holiday and we look forward, so forward, to seeing you in 2024.
3: On the Market was created by me, Dave Meyer, and Kalen Bennett. The show is produced by Kalen Bennett with editing by Exodus Media. Copywriting is by Calico Content. And we want to extend a big thank you to everyone at Bigger Pockets for making this show possible. Investing in small multifamily properties is probably the most popular niche in the entire bigger pockets community, and there's a good reason for that. You can put as little as 3.5% down and own up to four units. So just think about that for a second. You can house hack where you live in one of the units, but in addition to having a place to live, You still have three different groups of tenants helping to pay down your mortgage each month. You have four kitchens and bathrooms that you could add value to to build equity. You could also turn one or more of the properties into a short-term rental or a medium-term rental. And all this, what I'm describing here is just one transaction. But of course, the question is, where do you find one of these small multifamily properties that you can afford? Which markets and which deals are best for you? How about after you close? How do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling and living your life without being being tied down by four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? These are all great questions. And luckily for you, they're going to be answered in the upcoming small multifamily bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leka DeBatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient, great strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four today and join us in the small multifamily bootcamp. I'll see you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only.